Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. I didn't know, Jill. I did not know what it was like as a single mom. I didn't know the poverty that was in my backyard. I didn't know the barriers and the obstacles and the challenges that were faced by specifically single moms having to get their children up early to put them on a bus to drive, to go one hour, to take them to daycare, then to go another hour, hour and a half to get to work, and then repeat that same cycle after work. This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. You can be guaranteed that your experience is going to be unique and customized to your specific needs. See how they can help you focus on natural beauty enhancements by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 90 of the podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to remind you to head to wherever you're listening to this podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. When you do that, that helps get this podcast in the hands of others. And I really push for that, especially when I have some serious topics that I'm talking about like today, I have serious topic, but also a really good educational topic. I would like to introduce my guest um, and and then kind of give a little bit of a background as to why I'm super excited to be talking to her. Kathy Lambert, first, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, Joe. Kathy, you are the co-founder of Connections to Success, but... What I know you for, and we haven't even met, but I know of Dress for Success Midwest, that's where I know of you because this was started 23 years ago and I've always had Dress for Success in the back of my mind. Mm. And so um, I, I, let me explain I don't even know how I came to be aware of Dress for Success, but I remember when I was starting out in my radio career, I was uh, early 20s, and somehow, somewhere, I learned about Dress for Success. And I, at the time, uh, and, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong, but it was like, okay, here's what we're looking to do. We're looking for women to donate professional um, outfits or wardrobes, whatever it may be, for those individuals that are looking for a job, but they don't necessarily have the funds to go out and buy a new blazer or a new dress or anything. Am, am I kind of on the right right mark on that one? Absolutely, yes. So I remember thinking that and I remember thinking, wow, I'm pretty fortunate that I was able to buy a, a, a nice blazer outfit for uh, an interview for my first professional job. Like, I want to give back. I want to do more. And then as the years continue, um, 
I always thought about dress for success. How can we help? So then as of about a year ago, uh, yeah, about a year ago, I am part of a community group at my church. I actually am in charge of our community groups, but my community group is a community group of women and we are, I guess our bond that we say is that we are career driven women. So that's our common theme, and and most of us are mothers too. And so last Christmas, we were talking about what we wanted to do as a mission. Like, what is our group going to do? And we really said we want to help women in the area, whether that's through giving them diapers for their kiddos or helping them with their resume or helping them with their interview skills or donating some clothes so that they can get that interview or donating money for gas. And it was like dress for success. Oh my gosh, that that's part of the answer. And so then I have a friend, a, a mutual friend of ours. Her name is Cynthia. She was just on the podcast not too long ago, episode 81. And She said, Jill, I think I have uh, the perfect guest for you. Her name is Kathy. This is what she does. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been (laughs) wanting to get connected to dress for success. (laughs) So here we are. So welcome. I mean, again. (laughs) This divine intervention, divine connection, Uh, right? (laughs) Right, right. You're like, okay, get to the point, lady. I mean, so that's, that's really. That's why it's so exciting for me is because you have been a part of me without knowing that you've been a part of of me. And I just love everything that this was about and continues to be. And so I have a lot to learn because, like I said, you are the co-founder of Connections to Success, which is something that goes with Dress for Success Midwest and also your husband and all this good stuff. So... (laughs) Now it's a crazy story. <laughs> so tell us your story, Kathy. <laughs> well, you know what? It's um, it really is a crazy story, and and it started just a little over twenty three years ago. And you know, at the time, I um, was just really searching. And when you talked about your community church group, it just reminds me because before I started, I um, I had belonged to a group at our church. And just really learning how to pray. And I was just really searching what God wanted to do with my life. And I had a business at the time with a partner in corporate training and just loved it, thought it was great. And one day I read this article about Dressed for Success New York. And it grabbed my heart. And I thought this would be great someday to do. And it was about, at first I thought it was about the, you know, the, um, the business I had with my corp- with my partner, and instead it was about providing interview clothing for women that were coming from difficult situations, from poverty, from incarceration, from domestic violence, and being able to provide them a suit that could help them to get into a job. And I just thought this would be great, but there's no way I can do this now. I have to make money. I know nothing about a nonprofit. I don't have the time, but you know what? Someday when I retire, this is gonna be something that I would love to do. So I ripped the article out, put it in my basement, And the wildest thing happened. I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking about this thing. 
during the day, Jill, it was like somebody had their hand on my back, like pushing me towards this. It was the weirdest experience I've ever had. And I just kept thinking, this has got to stop. And after about a month, I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk to my husband and who was a civil engineer at the time. And I thought he is going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I thought but it will stop. Right. And so that will be it. So I finally showed him the article. I said, here, read this. <laughs> he read the article and he looked at me and he said, oh my gosh. She said, Kathy, you've been praying what God wants to do with your life. He said, this is, you need to look into this and you, you need to do this. Well, I thought he was crazy, but at the same time, I thought, you know what, if he's telling me this, then there must be something to this. So I actually then hunted Nancy Loveland down, who's the founder of Dress for Success New York and Dress for Success Worldwide. And if you think about that, Jill, this is a time before we even had like Google, right? Yeah. And I had to like pick up the phone and call the operator. What's and- that? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was like a stalker, stalking her in New York City, but I did get her. <laughs> and when I finally got a hold of her, Nancy was just wonderful and said, oh my gosh, there's nothing in Missouri. There's nothing in St. Louis. You need to do this. So um, that I ended up, went back to our church, asked if they would take this on as a mission and as a ministry. And they said that they would. And I thought at the time that, you know what, I'll get it started and somebody else can take it over. (laughs) And it lasted for 23 years. So um, I think God has a great sense of humor. (laughs) Yes, totally. So what happened is I actually had started, um, you know, with a clothing drive. And the next thing I knew, women were coming like like one and two hours away to this little tiny church in St. Peter's, Missouri for a suit. And I'll never forget the very first woman that I suited. And I received a call from a homeless shelter and they shared with me that this young woman had a job interview in two hours. And I had just picked up my first clothing drive and I had clothes in my trunk. And I said, okay, well, have her meet me at at the church. And it was snowing. It was cold. It was February. And she met me in the parking lot and we popped open the trunk and we both looked in and as we would, you would know, right? There was a suit just her size. Mm. So we took the suit inside and she went into the restroom and she tried it on and Oh my gosh, she looked amazing. It fit her perfect. And I looked down at her shoes and she had tennis shoes on. And I thought, oh my gosh, how could I ever forget about shoes? I forgot about tennis shoes. I mean, I just forgot about getting shoes and she had tennis shoes. And I kept thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I just blurted out and I looked at her and I said, well, what size shoes do you wear? Well, she wore size six, which was my size shoes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, Jill, but I love shoes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know a Mm -hmm. lot of us love shoes, but I just got those shoes and they were red patent leather nine West shoes that I loved. And I had this discussion going on in my head where one side I was hearing like, give her your shoes. The other was like, no. And it felt like forever. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And then finally, I I reached down and I took my shoes off and I gave her my shoes. She put the shoes on and they fit. 
And when she turned around and looked at the mirror and she looked at me and then looked back at the mirror and had her hand out. And as she was walking towards the mirror with her hand out towards the mirror, she had you know a tear coming down her face. And I felt so bad. I thought, oh no, did I make her feel bad by giving her my shoes? And I, you know, I just shared with her. I said, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. And she said, oh no, no, you didn't. She said, I can't believe the way I look. And as she was watching, walking with her hand out, she got to the mirror and she touched the mirror and she looked at me and she said, I have to touch the mirror to make sure that it's me. Mm. And that day when she turned around and she got in her car and she drove away, I just had this feeling. I just thought, oh my gosh, I have got to do this. Two hours later, I was the first person she called and she had landed her job. Ah. I knew then, even though I didn't know what I was doing, even though I never started a nonprofit, I knew I needed to make my, none of those things mattered. I knew at that moment, this is what I needed to do. So that was the beginning of, of a journey. And after starting and women kept coming in, I just, I kept talking with them and asking them and just learning about their lives. And, and I, I didn't know, Jill, I did not know what it was like as a single mom. I didn't know the poverty that was in my backyard. I didn't know the barriers and the obstacles and the challenges that were faced by specifically single moms having to get their children up early to put them on a bus to drive, to go one hour, to take them to daycare, then to go another hour, hour and a half to get to work and then repeat that same cycle after work. And then some in some areas, which we know outside of our metro area, the, you know, the bus, there's, there's no transportation. And so I kept thinking, how do they get to their jobs? How, what have we, you know, what, what is going on here? And I would just pound my fist every day and just thinking about what, how do they make it? And then the next thing that happened is I would see women come because they could come in and get a suit when they landed their job they could come back and get another complete outfit. And that usually was like in about, I, you know, within a matter of a few weeks after the land of their job, they would come right back. What was happening after they came back for their second suit, about 90 days later, I would see them come back through again from another organization because every all everyone, all the women that were referred to us were referred by other nonprofit organizations. And so 90 days later, after they had landed their job and came back to get that suit, I would see them come back around from another organization to get a suit, to get a job. And I, I mean, I kept seeing this happen. So finally, I just, I kept asking them like, oh, I, you know, I thought you had a job. And they all would tell me the same story. I did, but I got a raise. Well, my world I don't know about your world. In my world, a raise was good, right? Right, right. And I was just like, well, that's good. And they would then begin to share with me, 
then at that time, and I can even just give this instance even for today. So let's say there's a single mom making $10 an hour, right? And at $10 an hour, a mom with two kids is able to get assistance with housing, get childcare assistance, possibly assistance uh. with transportation, right? Um, food. And so she's able to make it because of that assistance. Well, thinking back like over 20 years ago when I had started at the time, like at, at, at a wage, so like a $10 wage now, then today, if they get 25 cents more today, all those benefits go away. So it's called the cliff. 20 years ago, it was gradual, right? And so at 20 years ago, even at it being gradual, I thought, oh my gosh, I would quit my job too and go back on the system. Right. And I kept thinking, what have we done to create generations of poverty? Our welfare system, um, to me, was set up all wrong. And um, is to keep people down versus helping people to rise above and to meet the dreams that they have for themselves and their children. All I could think about is we are creating generations of poverty and for these children and the next generation. And um, it just put a burden on my heart that we can provide them a suit, but we need to, to do so much more. Mm-hmm. So that's when uh, one evening I went home and my husband looked at me and he said, you know, you keep pounding your fist about transportation. And he said, you know, I think, you know, I, I need to do this. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You know, you can't do what I'm doing. I loved what I was doing. We have no income coming in. You, you can't do this. And he said, well, I just, you know, really need to think about it. And he said, you know, I've, I've been reading up on these programs. Three days later, Jill, he quit his job. Oh. And he started another nonprofit called Wheels for Success. <laughs> and I think I cried for months. Um, and, but it was, it was good. I mean, the whole idea behind Wheels for Success was for individuals to donate their cars we would refurbish them and make them safe and reliable transportation and then award them to individuals. And at the time, many of them single moms and to help provide them, um, you know, trans reliable transportation to get to work. And um, it was such a beautiful program. And what we learned early on with that is one of the very first cars that, that we had awarded and I was driving the, the one car um, that we were awarding to the single mom. And I was, we were driving downtown. It was an apartment place. And I saw the little girl. There was a little girl sitting on a curb. And so I pulled up and I got out and this little girl ran around and she said, are you, are you, are you the people with a car? Uh-huh. And I said, well, I think so. <laughs> and so she said, I'm going to go get my mom. So she ran up and she got her mom and her mom came running down and her, and her little, her daughter has something in her hand and she kept saying, mom, can I do it? Can I do it? And I didn't, I didn't really know what she was, you know, what she was doing and what she had in her hand. And her mom just looked at me. She said, oh my gosh, my daughter did not sleep at all last night. She couldn't wait to put the bumper sticker on that oh. had, I'm a proud parent of an honor roll student. Oh my gosh. So then we knew <laughs> You know what? That um, providing transportation wasn't just getting a mom to work. 
It was really providing a life, helping her kids go to a basketball game or soccer, you know, get involved with school activities and see their friends and go to the mall. And it was just, it was about helping with that life. So we had dress for success. We had wheels for success. And then in 2001, we, um, my husband wrote all my grants at the time too. So it was like, we almost started competing for funds. <laughs> uh. Then we decided at, in 2001 that, you know what, if we're really serious about this and really serious about getting, breaking that generational cycle of poverty and creating a model that can really make that difference, then we need to merge our organizations. We need to commit ourselves to doing this. And that's what we did. So in 2001, we merged our organizations together. So Dress for Success, that's how Dress came under Connections to Success as a program. And then Wheels for Success became a program under under Connections to Success. And then our mission and vision um, at Connections to Success is all about inspiring individuals to achieve their goals, their, to reach their dreams, and to achieve their goals of economic mobility by providing hope, resources, and a plan. And we just really dug in to creating a model. So fast forward <laughs> all these mm-hmm. years, um, we have created um, a, a holistic economic mobility model that um, beginning in 2010 through 2014, we had two different evaluations on the model that we created and um, started replicating and teaching other organizations in, in 2014. So um, so we have sites in St. Louis. We have three locations. Then we're also located in Columbia up in northern Missouri, up in Troy, Lincoln County, and then over on the other side of Missouri and Kansas City on the Missouri side and the Kansas side. And then we have 10 replication sites in seven states. That's kind of our story. Sorry, it was kind of long. (laughs) Um, I, of course, have written down lots of things that I want to ask. Can I ask first, where do you live? in the St. Louis area? I live in St. Charles. Okay, me too. And <laughs> um, I, I I was like, oh, church in St. Peter's. Okay, um, I'm really in that area too. But what you said, and for the listener that is not familiar with St. Louis and maybe just hears about St. Louis as a whole as the city, uh, St. Charles and St. Peter's suburbs about 30 minutes, I would say, a little bit more west of St. Louis. And yeah, typical suburbs, I would say, wouldn't you say the same thing? Like, what yes. Would, okay. Yep. So what I wrote down, St. Peter's, St. Charles, poverty, not what you think. And by that, I mean, we all assume, maybe not everybody, but it's easy to assume that we know what poverty is. Right. Yes, we do know what poverty does can look like in certain areas. But something that's so important and we got to keep talking about it is poverty yeah. can happen next door to you 
in your subdivision. And I know that you can speak upon that a little bit more. Yeah. And you know what, especially to, I think, um, where we live, that a lot of time poverty is hidden. And it's, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, couch surfing. And um, Jill, I hope you don't mind this, guys, share my personal story. And I, and I think probably even early when I read the article about dress for success, I could identify. Um, previously, when I was young and married before, I had gone through um, a very difficult situation. And I left um, with $5 in my pocket and no place to go. And at the time, there were not domestic violent shelters, right? And at that time... 30, you know, 30 some years ago, nobody talked about it. And being embarrassed, being, and I, at the time I was in a rural area and, um, but nobody talked about it. And I, I was ashamed and didn't want to talk about it. And I was couch surfing. And so, so I think about that and I think about that we never know somebody's story, and we don't know, as you said, our neighbors and what people are experiencing and what people are going through. And um, it's there's so many different kinds of situations, right? And we, we don't know. And it takes us to be aware and I think to, um, to reach out to people. This is by chance. This is, again... I always say crazy, but I should know better because you know <laughs> who uh, who has their hand in this. But last week's episode, episode eighty nine, featured uh, Sarah Chandler, and she is a co founder of a nonprofit called the Grace Period, and the Grace Period has this amazing a business plan, business plan for individuals where it provides transitional housing. Um, and, and basically, if you were to sum it up in her little elevator pitch, she said it's for that average Joe down the street because you never know what can happen. And she said some very inspiring words about how they're not trying to take away from those nonprofits and organizations that are helping really um, individuals that are in deep, very, very, very deep poverty. They're trying to help, again, the average Joe who just needs three months to get back up because something happened. And, and she also mentioned too, because when you, at first, when you were saying about the raise and I, and I didn't understand, and then you started talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, it brought me back to her conversation that just that extra 10 cents more their some of their clientele could not get funding. And so that's what she was talking about is why they created this nonprofit is because they wanted to help those that are next door to us. And the, everything that she is, she said to me, and now I'm talking to you and it's just like this, these go hand in hand. And I just want to say, like you said, and like Sarah said in her episode, we don't know everyone's story and we just need to be there for one another and help one another. And 
understand and realize there is a lot of gray. Nothing is black and white. There is so much gray and we just need to be there for one another. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree. And I, um, I think that also if we look at the work environment, which now has really shifted a lot with people being remote, I think that that's even more important to be able to reach out to people. And specifically, I think with women, and I think about what has happened since the pandemic started mm-hmm. and the challenges of, of number one, having to homeschool your kids <laughs> and work. And then if you have younger ones too, then not, not to have daycare. I, I just think now more than ever, that support system needs to be there and needs to be in place. I'd like to share a little bit of my story and and anyone that is a regular listener, they know this story. I'm not going into the details about what happened, but something that I want to say as as perspective. When I lost my job, it was December 2019. I think people can probably remember what happened in March 2020. So for me, and I'm just thinking about if I were a single mom and had two kiddos whose daycare did close because of the pandemic, I could not get a job, not just inside radio where that's what I knew. That was my career for 20 years. Even looking at other jobs, things were starting to like, I was making contacts and networking, but the minute it was time to start interviewing the pandemic hit. And regardless, I was going to be taking a pay cut and I still have taken a pay cut to this day. So the the playing field is not level at all. It's not. The other thing is, and I brought this up with Sarah too in episode 89, like the parents that have to work nonstop to make ends meet and then that you're not there with their kids, that affects their kids. And I'm venting and I'm ranting and I'm sweating because I just, I just, there's so much gray, so much gray. There's just so much gray, Kathy. Yeah. You know what there, there is. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, you know, I'm I'm thinking too, back to what we talked about earlier and, and listening to your story and what it takes. I mean, think about, I think about within our region here. For, for example, a, a single mom with two kids, you know, she needs to make over $25 an hour. Oh, my gosh. Right? So think about that. That's why she works two jobs. And do you think she wants to? No. I don't think she does. No. She wants to spend time with her kid. Exactly. But I think that's that's what we, I think, don't realize, right? That what does it really take to be able to make it. And we make judgments based on what our perception is, but and we turn our perception into our reality when really we don't have all the facts, right? Right. And knowing what we need to do. And and I think you are so right that um that that's where women need to help other women. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm just so passionate about that, that we need to be able to lift other women up and to be able to help to give them opportunities. 
and to continue to do that and to be that voice for, you know, for women and to continue to do that. Because thinking about that and thinking about even like your story, we need to be helping other women and helping them to be able to, you know, to reach the lives and have the lives that they want to have because they're missing out so much. So many of them are missing out because they have, they're having to work two different jobs, sometimes three. I want to help those that are really, truly struggling, whether it is silently or whether it is publicly, because we have to do that. And like you said, support other women. So that's going to lead into our final moments together. Like what can we do? How can we help? How can my community group help? How can another woman help? How can another family help? I am so fired up. I want to do this. I really, really want to help. Well, you know what? I think that, you know, first of all, I think that there's so many organizations that are doing great things. I mean, just like what you talked about with Sarah, um, I think looking around to see what what other organizations we're we are so blessed within this region to have so many organizations that are supporting, you know, families and um, women and you know, mentoring, I think, is key, like to be able to to mentor other women, to be able to get involved. And um, I mean, mentoring can look so many different ways, right, Jill? Yes. yes. There's so much that can be done. Um, for example, at Connections to Success, we have a professional women's group and it's designed for women once they land their jobs to help them to continue to move forward. And it's for that economic mobility. And so I know that they're always looking for speakers. They're always looking for other um, women to walk along to, beside them and, and mentoring and um, helping them to see other possibilities. So I think that there's there's opportunities around us. It's, it's really like saying, okay, what's out there? And how can we get activated and to be able to get involved to do something? So it can be as simple as doing clothing drives. It can be, I know a lot of the, um, the different domestic violence shelters love toiletry drives, you know, things like that that can help. Um, and, and I think that it's just reaching out um, again, because we don't know. Who is even our neighbor? And you know what? I think that's what kind of blows me away sometimes, Jill, is sometimes we don't even know who's our next door. I've had people tell me that I don't even know who lives next door to me. And I'm, I'm thinking, I thought, how sad, right? And so I think it's just, it's being aware and taking that step and seeing how, how to get involved because there's so many different ways to be able to get involved right in our own community. How can individuals reach you um, and help contribute in whatever way they possibly can? Um, well, you know what? People can reach me. Um, I'll just give you my phone number, which is 314-359-2524. And um, one of the blessings I have right now, too, is learning and meeting so many organizations throughout our region that I'm happy to help make connections for people and to get involved in, um, you know, I just I learned about this other organization that helps with individuals when they get into an apartment and help to furnish them. And there's so much that's going on that um I'm happy to help connect people that to what they if they would like to get involved with another nonprofit and an organization um, within our region. Well, I appreciate 
everything that you and your husband are doing. You know, the one thing that I did forget to mention at the beginning of this episode, and I always like to throw out those accolades, you did a TEDx. How cool was that? It was so nerve wracking, Jill. (laughs) And you know what? It was so funny. I was, I was probably the most nervous I've ever been. And Honest, I have to tell you, I practiced, 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 practiced. I was, I was like so nervous, and that was also the first time I ever shared my very personal side of my story, and so that really got me outside of my box. But it was so cool. It was so wonderful to be able to do it and to um, to do the TEDx. That was. It was a great experience, but I got to tell you, I felt like I was hanging out there naked. (laughs) It's the worst, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kathy, thank you to you and your husband for making an impact in our community and beyond. So grateful for all the work you're doing. And I'm so glad that you kept getting pushed. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here and to share and anything that I can do to help and help connect other people, I'm more than happy to do. Next week's episode features Erica Komisar. This will be her second time on the podcast. And in episode 91, she is going to talk about her new book called Chicken Little, The Sky Isn't Falling. And the book is actually a guide for parents to help you navigate things that are going on with your adolescent, like anxiety, depression, behavioral issues, addiction, ADHD, and so much more. We're also going to talk about the environment kids are in, meaning just in their own homes and how that can affect their mental well-being. So tune in next week to hear more about that. As we wrap up this week's episode, I would like to remind you of a brand new sponsor to the podcast, Elemental Aesthetics, located in St. Louis at South New Ballast Road. The phone number, which you can call or text 314-279-6069 for uh, an appointment or just to chat and get some more information. But you don't have to be in the area to benefit from Elemental Aesthetics. You can go to elementalaesthetics.com and read some of their amazing articles on all kinds of things like wellness, which is a huge focus right now for individuals, including myself. Um, Lots of different services that they offer at Elemental Aesthetics in regard to wellness. B12 shots, I know that that's not a new thing, but it's kind of a new thing. And a lot of people are really starting to look into that a little bit more. So give Elemental Aesthetics a call or a text 314-279-6069 or online, elementalaesthetics.com to learn more. And as we end this conversation, like I normally do, I would like to ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. When you do that, it gets in the hands of others and they get to learn about all the great things like the wonderful sponsorships that I have, including Elemental Aesthetics. And you can also follow along on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and online, jilldevine.com. Thank you for your support of two kids and a career.